Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome into another episode of Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here alongside Dan Terrar, and eventually AJ Fredrickson will join us in the episode. Dan, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, just looking forward to a, uh, another week and looking forward to discussing what happened on Saturday in St. Paul because it was an interesting evening, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. We have plenty to discuss <laughs> and break down. I mean, there's the snow, there's the game itself, which good luck mm-hmm. trying to glean anything from a snow opener, but whatever. We'll get nope. we'll get there in a second. But first, uh, just want to run through with some house cleaning. You are listening to Loon Talk. Anywhere you find your podcast, do subscribe, rate, and review. It does help us get found. Also, share it with your friends, whichever one's you want to share it with. Uh, it does help us get found. We do greatly appreciate it. So, Dan, let's jump into it. A 1-1 draw for Minnesota United. They had a bye week after a 1-0 win in mm-hmm. Dallas. And still no Emmanuel Reynoso, but it doesn't matter. The offense seems to find ways to create chances, score goals, and the defense is as steady and stalwart as it has been uh, as, it, as it was the first game of the season. Yeah, it's hard to really find anything much different to talk about from from two weeks ago down in Dallas. Uh, just because, the, even though the environment and the and the conditions were completely different, the results were kind of the same. You, you kind of got the same feel from the team. Strong defense seemed to be very cohesive with new players in the in the back four. Uh, the offense did what they could do. The offense created opportunities. Um, you know, without Reynoso or number 10 or that guy, whatever we're going with these days, uh, without him, it went okay. So I don't, it doesn't feel that much different as far as your outlook on the team, what your expectations, they haven't changed much. Um, it kind of feels the same, uh, as it did two weeks ago. I don't think I learned much about this. I, I don't know. Look, AJ's here. AJ popped into the chat. Hey, right, just discussing generally, uh, you just popped in right at the beginning of the episode, just discussing generally the thoughts from a 1-1 draw at the weekend. Uh, yeah, um, just kind of piggybacking off what Dan just said, I don't think my opinion or just overall outlook on the team has altered too much they still kind of look like the team that's going to have to settle in defensively they did however i think and i'm gonna maybe attribute this to the playing conditions and the field conditions but there were times that they just looked lost and maybe it was just bad bounces because of the different playing field and you know we saw this on the other side of things too with new york where defenders were just losing their footing um hilarious moment on the broadcast where uh you both uh commentator cursed uh the goalkeeper (laughs) Just a tremendous, tremendous um, on the on the Apple TV side of things. You said that, and they had this close up shot, and then he just like slipped and totally fell out of frame. It was beautiful. Yeah, um, it was great. But, was uh, <laughs> but I remember uh, you saying that, Dan, and I'm like, oh, he's going to Charlie Brown it here. This is a goal th- kick. This is just perfect for this I, happening. Yeah, I, I think I think my comment was that the turf doesn't seem too bad. The footing, they seem to have their footing. And, yeah, immediately after that, he just about whiffed and fell on his rear end. He, he did fall, didn't he? He did. He yeah. got the kickoff, but he fell. And I thought, all right, that's the last comment I'm making about the turf. I'm done. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Oh, um, all right. But, yeah, no, they uh, 
they relied on what they felt was a mismatch because I believe their attacking runs and their progression up the field heavily relied on that left wing channel of the field, if that makes sense. So the very far left where they had uh, um, Franco Fragapane essentially listed for the majority of the game, they were driving it up there because they felt there was a mismatch with, uh, with um, I'm forgetting the name of whoever their right back is, but it, it, it worked because they were able to get it in at certain times and, it took, I think, longer for them to like really get into the game because there was different spurts of maybe like five to ten minutes of Minnesota was just peppering New York with chances in the box and just crosses in that um, could have probably materialized into more. And, they, you know, just maybe it was a mis-execution of fundamentals or, you know, Bongi goes for a bicycle kick in like the in extra time and just can't convert on that. So, um I think a point was deserved. I don't know necessarily they deserved all three because New York also had the swing of the other side of things where they did control the play at times. And even right off the kickoff, it looked like they were going to score within the first five minutes. So um, a total failure of the night would have been not picking up any points whatsoever. And Adrian Heath, I believe said this in his post-match press conference was if you would have told us, a week, you know, a week before the season started that through two games, they have four points. They would feel pretty confident about that. So it's a little hard to not be happy about where they at, where they're at after two matches. But at the same time, you're thinking that easily could be six points with a couple bounces here or there. Yeah. I think they would have imagined the four points would have come the opposite way of getting the draw on the road and getting the win at home. But Hey, four points is four points. You always want to stack up early season points because it helps through any mid season struggles or injuries later on so getting points early on in the season just as valuable despite what many think as getting points later on in the season wounds have seen that from time or time and time again of those points in the early season can help or hurt you or lack of points can hurt you early in the season so uh i guess we should start off with the big talker of the night which was the snow and the conditions of the field um it became a much bigger talking point in the press conferences afterward gerard stuber and I quote said, I've absolutely no understanding. It's under 18, a youth turn, youth team moment when I was so surprised when I got outside and I cannot see any green, whatever the reason for that. But this is very, very unprofessional. I have a completely different expectation how this should play in this league on this level. Adrian Heath in his press conference shortly after that said, I was disappointed. There was so much snow on the field. Uh, more co- quotes from Stuber. Everyone here has the responsibility to get the snow away. It wasn't a half meter of snow or a meter of snow. There was only a few centimeters. This would be possible to get the snow away. So I did some research and I didn't convert to meters or centimeters. I'm just using inches because I'm too stupid to understand any of that. (laughs) Getting to the stadium. Dan and I got to the stadium about 4.30. So kickoff 7.30, getting there about 4.30. There was a thin layer of snow on the field, just setting kind of the senior. And about, what did you say? 515, 530, the heavy stuff started actually falling and started really, accumulating. Yeah, really heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and just a little bit before that is when the leaf blowers started coming out. The ground crew started clearing off the the lines anyways. They weren't they were gonna... I think they were kind of testing. They were testing yeah. to see what they needed to do because they nobody expected it to accumulate like that. Yeah, it was gonna be hard to clear off a lot mm-hmm. of the entire field with the ground screw they have and the equipment they had. You're not going to bring on heavy machinery and tamp down the grass 
and make it unplayable that way. So you kind of got to be careful of what you do to clear off that field. And I'm not trying to make excuses for how that field looked. But I'm just kind of setting the scene and setting kind of the statistics, if you will. About fi- about 5.53, according to Weather Underground, is when it started snowing about half an inch an hour, is when the really incredibly heavy stuff started falling. And I have a couple pictures of when I was just walking around the stadium taking pictures. And you can see right around that time, Dan, when we, you and I went down to the team store, I took a f- picture of the field again. You can see that mm-hmm. there was a little bit more of snow now, and you could see where the lines had been blown out and blown away. So clearly what the, the grounds crew was trying to do, it was getting kind of worked over by the amount of snow that was falling. So it's not like they had every opportunity to clear off the field because that snow was just coming down too hard and too fast to clear it all out and make that field completely pristine and green. It wasn't going to happen. I don't know what these coaches were thinking was going to happen, but there should be some level of reasonableness from Gerard Stuber that there was going to be snow on the ground no matter what. The the way I understand it, um, it's up to the referee, who is Chris Penso in this case on Saturday night. The referee has the ability to deem the field too dangerous, not playable. At that point, you'd take a break almost like you would if there was lightning, give them a chance to try and correct the issue, and then start playing again. But I don't blame I, – I, listen, I don't think that the game should have been canceled or postponed. I think they made the best of the situation. I don't blame the grounds crew or anybody in the stadium for the decision because all indications were – that the amount of snow coming, the heated field would be able to handle it. It would melt. Um, nobody, nobody predicted the snow would come that heavy and that quick. It was, uh, it was unexpected, and I think they dealt with it the best they could. Yeah, and this is this is a note from the game when we were when we were uh, mm-hmm. broadcasting. The note that we got from operations and how the whole thing was going to play out was that both teams and coaches agreed that clearing the lines and both full 18-yard boxes would be acceptable. And if the referee deems that during the play or during play, the field is becoming unsafe, he's going to stop play and treat it like a severe weather day and at, or delay. And at that point, the lines right. would be re-cleared and everything would be kind of taken care of. So it seemed like before the match started, everybody was okay with how the, how the field looked and how much snow accumulated. Now, when you get to halftime and rewatch the game today, if you get to when you get to halftime and you get to the second half, it looks like one side of the field is significantly less covered in snow than the other, and that's the side on the Wonder Wall. Now, thinking about the stadium logistics and how the stadium was built, there is significantly more roof on the Wonder Wall side of the stadium than there is on the Brew Hall side of the stadium. The Brew Hall side had much heavier snow, and oh yeah, Minnesota was attacking that end in the first mm-hmm. half, and they didn't have a whole lot of ball in the first half and a whole lot of the ball in the attacking third or half of the field. So there was much more play on the side that was getting significantly less snow and the snow was getting tamped down there. So it looked like at halftime or coming back from halftime, it looked like the grounds crew had done work on the Minnesota's attacking half, but they really hadn't, they hadn't touched the the parts of the field other than the lines and the 18 yard boxes at halftime inside the 18. Another part of that too, is uh, from the grounds crew, uh, they said the temperature on the pitch ranged anywhere from 50 to 60 degrees. 
depending on where it was, there were areas that were warmer than others. And I think you could tell at some point that that south end, the Wonderwall end, must have been one of the warmer areas because the snow did melt faster there. So, yeah. But I agree with you. I, I thought, man, if I'm, if I'm New York, I'm coming out halftime, and it looked like they cleared half the field, the attacking half for Minnesota, <laughs> but that was not the case. But it did look kind of suspicious that, hmm, we're going towards the Wonderwall this half, and that half looks like it was cleared, but it wasn't. I think it was just the uh, inconsistency of the the field heat. So, um, but yeah, I mean, ask Chris Penso. He must have felt that it was playable. So, play on. I I think it's up and uh, arms are up for no reason whatsoever. I mean, the league schedules games in Minnesota this early because, and and I'm sure. At MLS, they they don't have just bozos working in the front office scheduling stuff. They realize there's a chance we're going to have. Have you seen past schedules, AJ? Have you seen past year schedules? I'm sure they're competent enough to recognize that there are possibilities of what happened on Saturday night with the weather. You know, I'm sure they I'm sure they run that risk when they're scheduling a game on uh, March. What was it? Eighth, March 9th, whatever it was. It's just that you just have to deal with that. And that's the the old adage of home right. field advantage. That's yep. it's going to come into play. Yep. You know, if if Minnesota, if the people in Minnesota, when designing Allianz Field, recognize that on the off chance there's going to be a snowy night where we play, and when we attack in the second half, the uh, our attacking half is going to be that much clearer than the opposition's. Kudos to them. That's genius. That's 4D level chess right there. But I don't think that's the case. That was it. Was just if you agreed upon it before the start of the match. He said, yeah, that's fine. Let's clear the lines. Let's clear, let's clear the boxes. Yeah. After the match is done, if you're not happy with the result, you need to look within the locker room, not to the grounds crew. Those guys are getting paid whatever amount of dollars, and they did a fantastic job by my understanding of it because mm-hmm. they were out there with leaf blowers. They were out there with at, – at halftime, they had like little uh, plastic sled things that they were like score, uh, scoring the – ice slash pack down snow on the field and then coming by and like shoveling away. They did a fantastic job in the allotted time to clear out as much as possible so that the game stayed for the most part on schedule. <clears throat> There's nothing to be mad at in my eyes, you know? And, yeah. and, and by the uh, way, the stands were, the, the stadium looked full to me. I didn't see empty seats and I'm guessing Apple got a huge audience watching it because it's an attraction. Yeah. It, other than other than Mr. Gruber, everybody else went. This is cool. So <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Enough. You know. Uh, yeah. You want to play in? Would you rather play in Dallas when it's 115 degrees? No, nope. probably not. I'm good. Exactly. I mean, both teams <laughs> played on the same field, so it's not like either one can uh, have yeah. have complaints about how should have complaints about how it was because they both played on the same yeah. field. They both played in the same stadium. They both played in the same weather. It. You play. You play with the people on the field, not with the conditions. His 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 complaint should have come either before the match or yep. during the match to Chris Penso. Uh, when they come after the match, it sounds like whining. That's, that's it sounds like it sounds you're like making excuses. Yeah, go back to New York because it never snows in New York. Right. It just <laughs> sounds like it's not. It sounds like New York is making excuses for a poor start to the season, and that's a. That's a team that finished fourth place in the Eastern Conference. They didn't yeah. lose a whole ton of players. They lost Aaron Long. So you lost a defender. That's not going to affect your – that shouldn't affect your goal scoring. 
and they've scored one goal in three games. That sounds like a guy who's understanding that, yeah, I'm a little bit under the fire here because my team isn't playing <laughs> as well as they should, and he's trying to make any excuse he can. And, and, and is they, brought, they brought in an offensive weapon in Burke, and he, he did not want to be in the snow. He did not have his snowshoes on, apparently. No, I mean, so we're done talking about the stadium and the field and, and the Okay, let's, let's, but let's I do want an orange ball, though. Where do I get an orange ball? <laughs> those are awesome those are great i love i want, I I love, want an orange ball i love yeah. the orange ball moment so uh that is enough about that controversy let's talk about the game a little bit bongi getting his first goal of the season and the hundredth goal at Allianz field so congratulations to him on that milestone he'll always be in the trivia books for that one uh it was it was an outstanding moment great delivery on the cross by franco fragapane uh miguel tapias gets the original header on it it goes off of bongi's head Carlos Cor- Carlos Coronel makes a hell of a save to stop a, a point blank save. point blank header from Bongi, but he's there. But Bongi's right there to uh, snap at the rebound and just slots it into the back of the net for the opening goal of the game in the 18th minute. Yeah, um, you know Tapias puts a header towards the goal, and Bongi's able to redirect it again, which is why it was so amazing uh, that the save was made. Um, usually, a ball changes direction twice. In that short amount of time, the goalie's kind of, uh, you know, SOL. But <clears throat> he makes a great save, and then Bongi, uh, like the goal down in Dallas, just buried the rebound um, and got him going. He had a pretty good match anyway, um, but that made it kind of a cinch for him scoring the only goal for Minnesota. Um, and that's what I think is missing from his game uh, as he's improved his play pretty much week in, week out since he got here, is a scoring touch. So, man, maybe he's a guy that gets going. But, um, yeah, it was a nice goal off the corner kick, and uh, it was was, – it, it proved in a match like that with those field conditions how important set pieces, maybe corner kicks more than anything, how important they are because you don't get a lot of your normal uh, opportunities like you would in a match, but you, your set pieces are a little more manageable. So they, they played a part in, in both goals and, and most the chances. So, uh, yeah, good for Bongi. Uh, South Africa was happy. Yeah, so, so were the Bongi believers. I'm still captain of that troop there. Um, the BBs? The BBs. Um, with, with the field conditions, you have to go ahead and assume, like you said, Dan, that you're not going to be able to, you know, skill it up. And you're not going to be able to, you know, beat somebody with a solo dribble because that dribble might not be able to happen with the with the field conditions, with the ball conditions and everything like that in your footing. So you have to when you get an opportunity, cash in on those set pieces, because like you said, they're a little more manageable. Um, and that's where I that's where both goals came from in the game. So mm-hmm. to have him be able to recognize, all right, we're going to get in to the dirty nitty gritty areas here and be able to bang one home off a, um, a it was a nice save, actually. And then he was just kind of there to tap it in, but they don't really ask how it's how many, a lot of the times. And so to get in the, in the campaign book for the season uh, in the second match of the season is uh, I think a good sign for him. And hopefully that is a stepping stone with confidence to, with all the work that he's probably put in, in the off season to see it somewhat, you know, replicated and put forward onto an actual field of play in like in an actual MLS regular season game. Um, hopefully that just kind of lets the training wheels fall off and he can now go full 10 speed bike. It. The thing I liked about the Minnesota attack and I guess overall play on Saturday night, despite letting in the goal in the fourth minute of the second half uh, off 
off. Uh, I'm trying to remember how it happened, but they let in the fourth uh, off a corner kick, just like mm-hmm. Minnesota did. Um, mm-hmm. Is that despite not having Emmanuel Reynoso again, and that's always going to be a talking point because he is considered the best player on this team, not having Emmanuel Reynoso, they still found ways to dominate in the attack uh, throughout the throughout the match. They had their moments, especially in the second half, when they were just piling on the pressure on New York late in that match. And the guy I want to give special, heap special praise on is Asani Dotson, who's obviously coming back from the ACL injury last year. It's his second appearance uh, this season, his second appearance from uh, – uh, in coming back and he was almost an instant impact in that game uh, providing a couple of dangerous crosses providing a great pass late in that match to Tani Oluwasei and Tani's first touch lets him down the ball gets away from him otherwise he's going to be able to turn on that and really drill that at the New York Red Bulls net but it was an incredible pass it was a slow motion shot on the Apple TV uh, broadcast that it was just it was a really finely threaded pass into Tani from uh, Hassani Dotson, but he provided an instant impact. And that leaves a lot of questions of what you do in that midfield uh, with Hassani Dotson now coming back, looking like he's ready to go. Like, I don't know that he's probably 90 minute shape or 90 minute fit yet, but this kid looks like he's ready to take that next leap that he was supposed to take last year. Yeah. I mean, he changed the uh, feel of the play. Um, he had the advantage of not coming on the pitch until most of the snow was gone in, in the, uh, in the South uh, half of the stadium, but he, um, yeah, they, and we talked about this briefly during the broadcast is how are you going to keep him? How are you going to keep him out of the starting lineup? If he keeps coming in, showing up and playing with that intensity and impacting the matches that way. You can't, and uh, that'll be a different problem here, probably coming up sooner than later, is what do you do with Asani Dotson because he's not a bench player. Um, I also thought that, uh, back to Bongi real quick, he was much more physical than I remember him being last year. He got into some great physical battles uh, up and down that right side, particularly in the second half. Uh, That impressed me about him. I did not know that he had that in him, that, that he could play that way when he has to, and he did. And then also uh, Franco Fragapane seemed to be affected very little by the snow. Is it, his, is it his quick little steps or what is it? I don't know. But he moved around <laughs> as good as anybody on that snow, um, and I don't know why. Just, it just, I just felt like he did. AJ, we'll have to fill Dan on how uh, short people get around in the snow because we're obviously better at it than, than those tall guys are. Your tiny, your tiny little strides. Okay, fine. <laughs> the Andre Agassi pigeon toed walk. You, <laughs> you, you, you leprechauns, you. All right, so it's almost St. Patrick's Day. No, but yeah, I agree. Uh, Franco Fragapane did look yeah. outstanding. He looked yeah. like he was he he had a very he had a very large role in how that offense played on Saturday and he seems to be growing into this role without Emmanuel Reynoso. And I'm kind of excited to see how that transit translates to whenever, if he ever comes back and cause you're not going to take away that responsibility and all this, all the stuff that Franco Fragapane has been doing now in these first two games, along with Robin Lewis, Robin Lewis has been playing. He hasn't been out. He hasn't been the man of the match in either of the two matches, but he's doing enough at that number 10 position to provide for Mender Garcia or Luis Amarillo, who had some pretty good moments in his in his first debut of the season. So, yeah, I'm excited to see yeah. how this team translate what they've essentially learned about themselves in these last two games uh, for whenever Emmanuel Reynoso gets back. But also these, these last two games have given me a lot of confidence that without Emmanuel Reynoso, 
I'm not as concerned as I was on the first podcast of the season when we were talking about how they were going to survive without him. I think these last two games have done a whole world of good of showing that this team, yeah, they have been built around Emmanuel Reynoso. And in the past, they almost relied solely on him to create things. But now they don't need that. Now they, they've shown that that's not completely necessary. It's going to help them when he gets back, obviously. But it's not necessary now. We're not, I, we shouldn't be as concerned as we were. I would agree with that. I, I think uh week, two weeks ago before Dallas, we're going, oh man, it yeah. was, uh when's he coming back? How are we going to, and then even though, even though it's only been two matches and one win and a draw, there is a different feel. It's like, okay, uh, you can see a path, a path where this team can be good, can be competitive without him. Um Hopefully, they don't have to do that all year, and there's there's a, a way back, and and then you you should be able to be a better team once he gets back if it doesn't disrupt what's going on too much. That's going to be a challenge, I think, for Adrian Heath and and this staff is when he comes back. How do you, if things are still going well? Um, how do you make sure you don't disrupt things? Uh, that's a big challenge in any sport. Um, and I think it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, and I'm going to say when he comes back and not if, cause I'm, I still have some confidence he'll be back. We'll find him. We'll find him. We'll get him back and, uh, everything will be great. Rainbows and lollipops and unicorns. It'll be perfect. So, and I have confidence that they've probably started those discussions to an extent, just because with that situation, I assume they know more than we do in just the general public. So they probably have an idea I of how so. close or how far out. Um, I, I would like to assume and have the faith that they have probably started talking about, okay, what's our plan when he does get back? How quickly do we face him in? How do we make it? So like you said, Dan, you don't want to, you don't want to disrupt the current chemistry because right now through two matches, I, I, I feel a lot, steadier about this team especially like jonathan said first match out or for first podcast we did the season i was very nervous i was skeptical um i doubted this team a lot and now through two two games of the season um they've kind of turned me around and i think that they have a much brighter future for the season ahead um but just you can't not have them in the lineup it's a matter of how do you fit the puzzle piece in without breaking the rest of the right image. Yeah. Right. He's in. He's going to be in. It's just yes. it's just how do you do it to keep everything rolling along assuming it is rolling along? And it's very similar. How do you how do you put Hassani Dotson in the starting lineup and not end up alienating, you know, Will Trapp or Kervin Ariaga or somebody else, you know? And this some coaches deal with all the time. There's always somebody that earns a spot, but they don't know how the chemistry will work. So there, there's some things to figure out here with uh, maybe mostly those two with uh, with Reynoso and and Dotson here in the in the future. And and it's a good problem, I guess, because they're both talented players. You just got to figure out how to make it work once once they're both ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. So a point and a draw from their first two matches of the season. <laughs> Has the Loons on four points, sitting up in or in seventh place. I know as we look at the early standings of the season, Dan really loves playoffs. Um, but yeah, it is a playoff spot. I mean, since but. there's nine playoff spots in the Western Conference, <laughs> they have eighteen teams for some reason. Uh, beside the point. Um, after two weeks, now they go on to play in Colorado, a place that's never been kind to them, but it's also a Colorado side that's led in five goals and scored none through three games of the season. Uh, they lost la- or they lost Saturday night to San Jose 1-0. Uh, 
uh, shockingly, and they were dominated week one uh, by Seattle 4-0. I don't remember the second seat or second result of the season. I think it was a nil-nil draw against uh, Kansas City. Yeah, nil-nil against Sporting Kansas City. So it's a side that has not scored any goals. Once again, a team playing Minnesota has not scored goals going into that game. But it's also a place that has never, ever been kind to Minnesota. What do we think uh, quickly about the upcoming match against Colorado on Saturday night? I don't, I don't know why we struggle so much in Colorado. Um, they've had good teams. We struggled. They've had bad teams. We've struggled. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't know if it's the altitude, but, um, I think with what I've seen from the defense out of Minnesota and obviously Colorado is not at this point a very good, very good at scoring goals. Um, I like our chances in there and, you know, there's enough new players and the, the leadership on this team with, uh, with guys like um, Valentin, Zarek is is such a leader in the uh, in the clubhouse. I don't, I don't. He does. He's been around this league long enough. He doesn't care what happened before in Colorado. So I I, I think our I like our chances on Saturday uh, against the Rapids. Yeah, I do too. Even on the road, uh, this is a team like you said, Jonathan. Three games, zero goals scored. They didn't even record a shot on goal. This past weekend, you have to think about that. They have six yeah, shots those, on those target. Those are overrated. Those shots Jose, on goal. <laughs> That's six, an overrated stat. <laughs> six shots on target through three games just simply does not cut it at any level of soccer. So I, uh, I, I'm nervous for them about how quickly they can actually turn the offensive round. Um, in Minnesota, they're going to have to rely on just what they if if they go in there and execute their game plan half decent, they're going to come away with three points. Play solid defensively make force them to take low angle opportunities that as we see they can just not hit the net and then you just have to capitalize once and then lock things down so i i I think and we'll get to the predictor here but i think they're going to win and i think it's not going to be the most challenging of wins oh i like that minnesota have yet to find a single win in colorado they've drawn a couple times but mostly lost in uh in colorado so yeah Hopefully they can flip that result a little bit. Uh, let's take a look across the league as we're about half an hour into Loon Talk at this point. Plenty of results to kind of write home about. Uh, the the most important, I think the one that sticks out the most to me right now, is St. Louis City 2, Portland 1. St. Louis City are the first team to come from behind in three straight wins and also the first team to do it in their first three games as a franchise, and I think the second team in league history to win three their first three matches of their franchise's existence. A team that many had projected to be one of the worst teams in the league, especially in the Western Conference, now sits atop the Western Conference, just behind LAFC, or uh, just behind, if I'm remembering the standings yeah. correctly. LAFC yeah, they're at, and... They're at the top of the yeah. conference. Yeah, at yeah. the top of the Western Conference. I don't conference. get it. Nine points from three games. Incredible run to start their uh, franchise's history. Yeah, I, just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, but good for them. I mean, they're what an exciting way to start their franchise. Can they sustain that? Your, your first, your first reaction is no, no. But there have been some teams that have surprised us before. We didn't think yeah. they could sustain it. But no, good for them. It's a great start. Uh, but yeah, they're going to come back to earth here eventually. Yeah, I mean, probably they will, but at the same time, I think they, they, they're riding that just like fresh team underdog mentality. Nobody expects us to do it. How long they can keep that up is uh, to be seen, but to come from behind 
three consecutive times this early. Granted, the first two matches, they did get gifted a goal or two. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's something to be said. But at the same time, they still did it. They still came from behind and won those games. So um, I would like to see them get out early and be able to close out a game that way because you can't well, – I've, I've done the, I've seen this in, right. in, with other teams where they just go down and, you know, then it's that, okay, now out of halftime we have to change our tactics and we just have to go all out because, you know, we got to get whatever – get one or two early and then I, and then I want to see how you handle it. So um, not that three wins is bad by any means, but I just want to see that they're more than just a one trick pony. But it's also the fact that not only are they the top of the Western conference, they have the most goals scored in the league through three games, which is impressive for a team that didn't have the best attacking talent. Many thought they'd spent a lot on their defense and kind of honing in on that aspect because they've seen expansion sides, Minnesota and Cincinnati struggle on the defensive end and let in historical numbers. They focused on that and now it's paying off because teams are struggling to score against them. Only four goals allowed in those three games. I think the other team that is of note through the first couple of games of the season, LAFC four nil over the new England revolution, who had looked like they were back this season, have looked like they had started off the season on the right foot and LAFC just completely thrashed them last night in LA impressive start to the season for Los Angeles. LAFC, they're the favorite to win the West, right? I mean, yeah. would we all agree on that. That, I mean, if you had to pick a team to start the season, LAFC to repeat all, not because that there won't be someone else that's really good in the West, but they just, until someone proves otherwise, they're the best uh, in the league and they're the best in the Western conference. So um, yeah, here we go again. And, and other than St. Louis, here we go. We're already starting to chase LAFC. Uh, maybe St. Louis can uh, hold them off for a little while, but I think eventually, eventually they're at the top of the table, right? Yeah, LAFC and Seattle at the top of the Western Conference, as many people mm-hmm. expected. Uh, Austin's just behind them in fourth. I think the team that's surprising me at least a little bit is I figured Sporting Kansas City would bounce back, not that they don't have as many injuries as they did last year but they still have not scored a single goal in their first uh, three hmm. games of the season. They've only let in one, though, so their defense is pretty outstanding so far. Uh, but they only have two points from their first two games of the season. Not the start that you would want if you're Peter Vermees and Sporting Kansas City, considering the season you just had last year. Yeah, the Heat will get cranked up pretty quick on on Peter, and uh, they're going to have to figure that out. And, and you know what? It's so early, though, you know. Uh, teams can get off to a slow start and turn it around quickly and teams can get off to a fast start and then, and then drop three or four in a row. So uh, it's, you know, you know, my feeling is too early to look at standings, but go ahead, just keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's been, uh, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to point out from this weekend's action, that's been our quick, very quick look across the league. Now it's time for the prediction segments. And as always, we'll start off with the predictor, Dan. The predictor, we have three matches to pick, one including the upcoming Minnesota United match. You pick the winner, you pick the score, you get a point. If you pick the correct winner, you get an extra point. If you pick the score or draw exactly correct, which is very, very difficult to do. So an accountability session, we didn't go through this last week because I didn't have the results. We only just made picks last week. So running through the last two weeks of action, uh, I got my second Uh, point of the season last week with a prediction that Austin would beat Montreal 3-0. They only beat them 1-0, so I only get the one point. Dan, you predicted they'd beat them 3-1. You got the point for that. You did say LAFC would beat Portland 3-1, but they only beat them 3-2. So you got two points last week. AJ, you didn't get any points 
last week um, because all three of your predictions from the previous week were wrong. So that put our score lines two, two to one, uh, two for me, two for Dan and one for AJ. I now have taken the lead. I believe if I'm doing the math because I predicted Philadelphia would beat Chicago last week or this week, uh, four nil. They only beat them one nil, but so I still get the point there. Uh, AJ, you got a point last week for Atlanta beating Charlotte. You said it'd be two nil. They scored three nil, all three in the first half as they ran rough shot in, uh, Charlotte's home opener. Dan, you didn't make any predictions last week, but I figure since we're all probably going to miss an episode here or there throughout the season, it'll just be your bye week. I was in Arizona in the sun. I should get a point just for being smart. I'm going to say no to that. uh, (laughs) Just for being tanner than the other two. Never hurts to ask. (laughs) (laughs) At least you tried. Uh, So right now, our score lines, three for me, Dan, you have two, and AJ, you have two. So it's it's a pretty close race to start the season. Uh, I believe AJ started last week. So Mm -hmm. Dan, uh, why don't you start this week? I don't like going first. Okay, I'll, I'll get Minnesota off the board. We'll get it going here. I am uh, picking uh, Minnesota United at Colorado. I'm predicting a two to nothing win, two nil win for the good guys, Minnesota. Two nil. All right, AJ. Um, I uh, will also go with the Minnesota United game to start the week. Colorado abysmal as of late against MLS sides. They've beaten a couple non-league teams but they haven't actually won a game against an mls side since october of uh, 2022 uh that was just on quick research so bear with me that's wrong but uh i i i i I do think they're going to probably extend their their goal drought and minnesota is going to pick up one and lock things down so i have minnesota united one colorado nil i don't that you were you were you were teasing like this big blowout win. I thought you were going to say no, like no. five nil. No, I, I, I they're just I'm not going to disappointed in that pick. I, I, I think they're just not going to threaten the goal whatsoever. I have a, right. I have a, I have a uh, write that down. That might be a little more. Okay. With that, but. Okay. I won't judge you till then. Okay. Say there's not been a lot of uh, confidence from you guys in this yeah. goal scoring threat for Minnesota, despite Colorado giving <clears> up, I think five goals. In their first three games, Minnesota scoring two in their first two, two games. Hey, I'm gonna I, go. I predicted a two goal explosion. Come you, on, you doubled it. That's all. Why not? Yeah, why not go a little bit more than that, Dan. Why Trip, not are you going three? Pace? I'm going three. Oh, We're doing woo. one, two, wow. three nil. Wow, not one, not two, but three nil. Wow. Minnesota for three goal extravaganza. Absolutely. I don't wow. know who's going to score, but there's going to be three goals scored against Colorado. Mungi, mungi, mungi. I can see it now. Dan, your second pick. Second pick. Okay. I have LAFC and Seattle. I have LAFC winning that one 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. All right. All right. It's going to uh, be a fun game. I think yeah, that will be a great game. Yeah. I think isn't that the 3 o'clock one on Saturday? No, uh, yes it is. Oh. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. Um my next one is going to be the hottest team in the league, St. Louis City. <laughs> They keep on trucking along. What is that? They're what? taking on San Jose, and they're going to win two to nil. Wow! I wouldn't touch that game. Wouldn't touch wow. it. <laughs> right, I'm going to go a team I've normally picked on in the past, and you guys will attest to this. I've normally picked on FC Cincinnati, but constantly. They're playing, but they're playing Chicago this week, the team that had maybe the second worst off season in the league behind Montreal, and they haven't looked good this season. They're near the bottom of the Eastern Conference. While Cincinnati are firing on all the cylinders, they just beat Seattle one nil in F- or in Cincinnati. I'm going to say they keep that run going, especially 
even though it is on the road, even though it is in Chicago, in a nearly almost empty Soldier Field, FC Cincinnati <laughs> won Chicago nil. Oh boy! All right. Okay, third third pick. Third pick. Philadelphia will defeat Montreal, and I have a three-one final. Philly three, Montreal one. Not enough. All right. Not enough. Four one. I'm, I also Five am one. going to pick on Chicago here, backing Cincinnati, but I have a little more of a goal explosion. Three to one, Whoa. Cincinnati will take down Chicago. Wow. All right. I like a, no love for Chicago whatsoever. Dan had the other game that I picked because I like picking on Montreal because they're just garbage this year. They haven't scored a goal yet this season. They're going up against the Philadelphia side. That, as we saw last mm-hmm. season, likes to score goals in fours. I predicted a 4-0 result already for Philadelphia, so I'm going to keep on that train until it happens. 4-0 Philadelphia happens? Okay. over Montreal. All right. Why not? All right. Why not? Let it roll. It's a, it's a bold strategy. We'll see how it plays out. <laughs> let it roll (laughs) that was the predictor now we are on to write that down we got plenty to come off the board this week because again we didn't do the accountability session last week this is our other soccer related prediction segment where each make three soccer related predictions they don't have to be scoreline predictions or result predictions like the predictor they can be if you want to but they don't have to be Uh, we each have to make at least one minnesota united related prediction so Let's quickly do the accountability session. I'll just go left to right on my spreadsheet here. I said there will be snow falling during the Minnesota United game. At the time when I made the prediction, the 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 weather outlook was that snow would fall after the match and that it wouldn't that there wouldn't be much snow during the day. So it's a little bit of a bunt single, but I'll take it because I haven't built up from last year and Dan doing bunt single after bunt single after bunt single and I, what? I never responded. So what? <laughs> Gotta be kidding me. So I've got him. In, I've got him in the bank. So I'm going to use one here, and I get the point Boy. for that. I did say though that Dane St. Clair will have a clean sheet in which he'll have four more saves. Didn't get the clean sheet, so that one's off the board. I said Manchester United will win by more than three goals against Southampton, and because of a dubious red card against Casemiro, it didn't happen. They only drew nil nil. So whatever. Uh, Dan, two things came off the board for you. You said at the home opener we'll see we'll not see anything above 30 degrees. The highest it got according to all stats and measurements, was 30 degrees, so you get the point there. You did say we're going to see the home ball at the home opener, and that's all we saw. We never even saw the normal ball. AJ, you said, so you get two points for the week. Um, So, AJ, going to you now, you said at least five matches will end in a draw for match week two. There was exactly five matches that ended in a draw. Exactly five. What? Impressive call. Pulled that one out of your beard. Wow. You got another one wrong the previous week, but I'm not going to mention it because that game's still too raw to me. I don't really care to discuss that match. Uh, you wow, did say okay. that. Was, Thin-skinned. He said, he said Manchester United will put at least three goals against Liverpool. They lost 7-0, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Uh, you did say last week, though, there will be one weather-related stoppage during the MNUFC home opener. Now. I To be clear, I, I think – didn't did I say, say delay? It, did did I say delay? delay? I thought yes. that the I thought the match would be impacted by weather in some shape. Yes. So we're supposed to kick off every game at seven thirty nine. That is a new rule. It used to be seven thirty eight, and you had like a minute's leeway. Now you only have ten seconds worth of leeway, according to Apple TV. Well, as I handed off the call to Dan, there was literally like five seconds until seven thirty nine hit right on the dot, and he starts his opener and. It, keep going mm-hmm. and there's still nothing going on I'm like the heck's going no. on i look on the field they didn't still start blowing off snow in the 18 yard box in the new york 18 yard box 
So the game was delayed by about two minutes. So AJ, you win on technicality. You get yes, a point I, on technicality. I had I had a, delayed by a minute. I had a list of of talking points in case you didn't want to give me that one. I I had a case built up, so I'm glad I, I don't may, even have to. Do I may that. file a protest with the uh, with the Loon Talk office, but we'll see. All right, so AJ, you get a point for that, but you did say Franco Fragapane will be involved in Minnesota's goal against New York Red Bulls. Technically, on the score sheet, he was not because there was no assist given to him. Mm-hmm. So. Sorry. Even though he provided the corner kick and Miguel Tapia's nope. headed it in. Nope, not going to happen because nope. it was off of a rebound and Bangukle Hlongwane uh, was the one to score. Bungie, 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 bungie. All right, so that means it's time for our prediction segment. Oh, by the oh, way, the score sheet on that, AJ has three points. Dan, you have two points. I'm on one point. So with Dead that, last. I will start first. Oh, and good. I already predicted a 3-0 win for Minnesota against Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm going to solidify that more by saying Banghukle Hongwane and Franco Fragapane both score or assist on a goal in that match against Colorado. What? What is wrong with you? They will either right score now, or an assist, both of them. will be involved so in they will a, each, at least They will goals. each figure in the scoring. Yep, yeah. write that down. Uh, oh, AJ, boy. why don't you go here? All right, uh, my first one, and I'll get I'll get to the one that I said I was going to uh, maybe tease off with the game. I said that I don't have any faith in Colorado for offense whatsoever. So I'm saying this is a, a small parlay, but Dane St. Clair will record a clean sheet, but also only have to save three or less shots. Okay, Boy, he will have a very small rapids. workload on Saturday night. Hating on the Rapids. So, okay, yeah. my turn. Uh, at Colorado Saturday, Luis Amaria will play at least 10 minutes for Minnesota. Write that All down. Right. Write that down. All right. Second prediction of the week. Looking at the standings right now, there's some uh, weird placements in the standings right now. <laughs> Neither of the New York teams are in the, are in the playoffs, according to uh, the standings right now. Charlotte's at the bottom. Montreal's at the bottom. We expected those to happen. I'm going to predict that in the Eastern Conference – FC Cincinnati, Nashville, and DC United all make the playoffs. Write that down. Wow. And I think two of those teams, no, only DC didn't make the playoffs last year, and they were the worst team in the league. But I have faith in Wayne Rooney because he did a good enough job at Derby County, and I believe that he is a manager on the rise, and eventually he'll be managing Manchester United at some point in the next three decades. So I trust Wayne Rooney to do a job, to good to do a good job in DC. All three of those teams will make the Eastern Conference playoffs this year. Write that down. AJ? See, AJ, this this is what he does, AJ. He throws all this garbage out at the end of the year, and come October, we don't even remember, and then he yeah. gathers up all the points. Scooping them up. <laughs> Scooping them <Right>. up. <laughs> um, so my next one, over the four, next four matches for Minnesota, they are on the road against Colorado, home against uh, Vancouver, on the road against St. Louis City, and then on the road against the Chicago Fire. Over those next four matches, Banhukle Longwane, write this down, will have at least two goals in those matches. Wow, Look at that. everybody's on the bungee train. Wow, Wow. everybody's following Bungie. All right, uh, to the standings we go. St. Louis will remain in the top of the West, not only through this week, but through next week. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Write that down. Write it down. All right. Dan has some faith in St. Louis. I like it. 
like this bold faith in St. Louis. Uh, write this down for my final prediction of the week. Minnesota plays all three Canadian teams this year, two at home, one in Montreal. Hey, they will win great, all three of those wow. matches. Write Ooh. that down. They will Sweet, beat Vancouver. Eh? They will beat Vancouver twice. So I guess there's four games against them. They'll beat Vancouver yeah. twice. They'll beat Montreal. Wow. And they'll beat Toronto. Write that down. Wow. Good luck getting that point. Okay, AJ. All right, my <laughs> that's another one that won't come off till the end of the season because I don't think their next game, Just... their second game in Vancouver is until like the end of the year. Man, <laughs> um, you know, he's just gonna this... fight it. AJ's no, gonna do I, it? I, no, I'm not because I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm flipping a coin. I think between between these uh, this prediction, okay. there are currently coin. there are currently five. Five undefeated, no, sorry, six undefeated teams in uh, the MLS. They include Atlanta United, Nashville, Cincinnati, uh, Orlando City of all teams, St. Louis City, and LAFC. I'm going to say right undefeated. Say that again. Minnesota's undefeated. Sorry. Also, yes, Minnesota's undefeated. Um, So seven teams are currently still undefeated in the MLS. Uh, Write this down. LAFC will be the final undefeated team out of uh, out of those seven. Wow. Strong on the LAFC hype train. Wow. All righty. Okay. And your final pick. Uh, I, there are five teams in the Western Conference yet to win a match. After this weekend's play, there will still be at least three winless teams. Ooh, I like it. I so like only it. two, two or less, will get wins. Yeah, I'll tell is- you who they are. It's Kansas City, it's Vancouver, it's the Galaxy, it's Colorado, and it's Houston. All righty. Man, there that's, you go. Uh, some of those teams, Break at least LA down. Galaxy in Vancouver or in uh, Kansas City, they shouldn't be in there. They should be better than they are. Yeah. It feels mm-hmm. like it is surprising that neither of those teams have won a game yeah. and that they've been as bad as they have been. I mean, LA Galaxy, only one goal scored. Kansas City, still no goal scored. Incredible. Incredible start to the season. With plenty of storylines across Major League Soccer, plenty to watch for Minnesota United, uh, and we'll keep you up to date every single week here on Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison, Dan Terrar, AJ Fredrickson, every single week. Well, mostly every single week. One of us will miss every once in a while, but we'll be here every Monday, Monday nightish, or whenever we decide mm-hmm. to release the mm-hmm. podcast. Dan, we will talk to you Saturday night, kickoff eight thirty, pre-match show eight o'clock on Score North on 1500 ES, AM 1500 ESPN and 1500ESPN.com. Boys, talk to you then, and uh, we'll talk to you Monday night. Adios. See ya.